Hello everyone, welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. Please be aware of spoilers, otherwise you may find out that those are not Remy Malek's real teeth. That's right, today we are talking biopics, not biopics. But I cannot do it alone. I'm also joined by my personal Sid and Nancy, Sonia Stanger and Jeremy Laguie. Hello. <laughs> Hello. We're going to commit um, crimes. We're going to do some stuff. <laughs> yeah, commit the crimes. Be punk. You'll, <laughs> you're the front man of a punk band. Um, Ooh. <laughs> that's a throwback to uh, n- not an episode, but our YouTube show. <laughs> um, do you guys pronounce it or do you have to fight the urge to say biopics? Or is that just me? Uh, I, I have a friend who, who like genuinely says biopic. Um, I don't know why he does this. No one talks about it. Like, it's just an un... Like, we'll have a conversation about it, and, you know, three out of four people are saying biopic, and he's saying biopic, and I think it's all just a big Chameleon thing. Chameleon? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I mean, it does, like... Chamomile tea. Logically, yeah. like it's biography and picture, so biopic actually does it make does, more yeah. sense, but it sounds incredibly wrong. And I'm always halfway through before I realize I hit the I with the wrong emphasis, and I'm like, mm. you know, that's just and me. It, like, you know, it is a word, right? It is a like it's there's no there's no hyphens in there. Mm. It is it is in itself. A word, yeah. It's informal, according to Google. But well, it's still. a it's a portmanteau. Like it's just we just put some mm-hmm. stuff together and called it a word, in that <laughs> way that words. we love to do. <laughs> Hashtag English. Yeah. <laughs> 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 not we're not um, quite as good at it as Germany, but still. we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> oh, Germany is very skilled. Um, <laughs> They're like, okay. what? A global pandemic? We'll create 240 new words in the span of the year. <laughs> Sorry. The word for that <laughs> feeling when you get when you enter a pandemic. Yeah. Um, you guys, mm. biopics come in many forms. Do what is what's the vibe that you like? Do you like a childhood to death sort of thing, or are you? Are you like a moment of this great life, a little a snapshot, a slice? Because I feel like that's where I lean more towards. Yeah, I think I I think I'm the same because I think when you try to do, you know, birth to death, the full story, like that's just so much to cram into a movie and it gets to the point that you have to really crystallize things and reduce them down. And I think mm-hmm. that's what some biopics really suffer from is that they try and do so much that you can't kind of get a certain level of specificity and granularity. So like something like I, Tanya, for example, I think that like is kind of specific to a, an event for me, like works a little better. Uh, I, I also think like, you know, there are countless, countless ones that, you know, like I, I just off the top of my head, like Ray, for example, mm-hmm. Um, which is a good retelling of his life and the things that sort of got him to where he, like, we've sort of seen that movie with 18 other stories that vary a little bit, but you kind of already know what's going to happen probably before the, like, you know, it's about Ray Charles and you know that it's sad, like, that's all you need to know. But I, I, I would juxtapose that with something that's really different. Like, I think it's called Jobs. Is that the, the Steve Jobs one? There's uh, like with... three of them, I think. But... Yeah, yeah, everyone does a Steve Jobs impression. You yeah. want to see mine? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listeners can't Obviously. see the, the black turtleneck I pulled up. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> he's, got, he's got that all the time. Um, no, it's called Steve Jobs. Mm. Um, I don't, have you guys seen this movie? Which one is that? Is that the one with Ashley? Yeah, Kutcher? you keep saying no. it's called Jobs. Oh, uh, I, 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 for some reason, I felt that that would clear up which one it was, and I totally realized that that's not that. No, no, this is this is the Michael Fassbender one. Mm. Oh. Um, anyway, it's just like three scenes of his life, all right before a press conference, an Apple press conference, um, like all pretty renowned ones, like big ones that happen. Uh, 
but uh it's really like scaled down right mm. like you only see there's some there's a few little scenes here and there but it really just is these like very specific moments that probably were pretty like were pretty telling and probably had a lot of other events just stuffed in like no one has that many conversations happen before mm. a press conference like it's just not possible but um <laughs> you'd be you like know, stop coming to better. me with these problems i'm going on stage he literally says he literally says that dozens of times. <laughs> See, this is my impression like, coming true. I'm sure that mm-hmm. is something that Steve Jobs said to people. Like, I'm sure people did constantly come to him with things. But that is sort of a a facet of the biopic that it's like, okay, there's no way that these like seven things all happened on the same day, you know? Right. Yeah. And you know, like dramatically, like I remember thinking Steve Jobs would be the worst thing ever. Like, I I was like, I don't want to watch this. And then I kind of liked it. Like, it was mm. pretty good. You know, you got a lot of great people acting in it. Um, yeah, is that a Fassbender uh, effect, perhaps? Well, but Kate Winslet, Seth Rogen, and Jeff Daniels all actually doing pretty good. <laughs> so, well, better than good, I would say. But um, I do think that honing in on a moment might be a better way to go. As opposed to the... And maybe it's just overdone. Maybe mm. that's Maybe that's it. But, uh, you know, if I have to see another, you know, difficult boot birth from whoever's mom again, I'm just going, oh, my God. Everyone uh, knows when... that you can't be a protagonist and have two healthy parents, Jeremy. It's true. <laughs> but, like, we like we know, like, this was a real person. We know you come out. Hmm. Oh, we geez. don't need to see, <laughs> we don't need to see this. Anyway, that's no, just my thought. You need to start what about... right from zygote to death. <laughs> What about you, Sean? What do you think? Um, I agree. I like I like like a slice of a very interesting life. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, like, you know, you you do the whole life. Like maybe a film like The Butler kind of, where he's like the butler for a lot of different presidents. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, new things, like crazy things happen to you over a long period of time. But um but yeah, I feel like I like a smaller, a little bit of a shorter version, or like mm-hmm. a more in-depth about a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, what uh, what'd you guys watch? Oh, what I should say is that when we were looking over uh, the <laughs> biopics, uh, there's it's like all music, right? It's like half music. Mm, Do you think? Why? Uh, may- why are people in maybe even more? Yeah, maybe maybe sixty percent. Well, music. I would say music and politicians. Some writers. Not a ton of writers. We got Lee Israel from "Can You Ever Forgive Me." <laughs> yeah, which actually one. is one of my favorites. Oh, I love that. Um, movie. Bright Star, which is about John Keats and Fanny Braun, about their romance. Um, what else? The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. He was a journalist, but, um, oh, The End of the Tour, which is about, uh, David Foster Wallace. Mm. Maybe I just like movies about writers, though. I was going to say, have I seen any of these? No, I have not. (laughs) Oh, Capote. What about Capote? There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a very, a slice of a a very weird time of his life. Hmm. When, uh, uh, Truman Capote made friends with, uh, convicted (laughs) Helen. I I would say more than friends. Um, I I think the whole thing like does kind of center around not. I I don't necessarily want to say incredible people, mm. right? Because I mean, like, no one's gonna no one's gonna watch a biopic of my dad. Like, no one's gonna watch Dave the movie. Wow, burn to Dave. Yes, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm just, Dave. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, but uh, I I think with the music. There are, there's this whole, like, what was that thing called? Behind the Music? Mm. You remember? Like VH1? Uh, yeah, but but people love to see the thing that made the thing, mm-hmm. you know? And one of the movies I'm going to talk about kind of does this, but um, I think, like, it's the whole seeing how the thing you like got made yeah. element. And also, like, built-in soundtrack situation. True. That's like, mm-hmm. and it's an automatic draw because you already have like a fan base of that thing. Mm-hmm. So from a like commercial standpoint, obviously, 
And clearly, I would say the studios have realized that. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what did you guys get to minus on this week? I or, um, as listeners might know, may, don't know, but we have re- tried to record this episode for like three days. <laughs> so, <laughs> and each time some sort of freak event happens. Uh, so we've had a bit, a bit of time. Someone could make a biopic about the adversity we faced. <laughs> it's to make very much so. It's, it's all tied in. It's all tied yeah. in. Um, I finally got some eyes on Harriet, um, which is about Harriet Tubman, oh. played by Cynthia Erivo, um, which I've been meaning to watch for a bit. It, I would say, it like, it sort of was a pretty standard biopic, I would say. Like, it, it hit pretty much all the notes I was expecting it to hit. One thing that I really appreciated about it was that it was pretty focused on her as a woman and a person with like feelings and an inner life rather than just her accomplishments, which I think is like something that happens with biopics sometimes is that for some figures, the thing, like the things that they have done, the good things get glorified and the bad things get glossed over. And it, especially for, I would say like certain male figures, um, Mm -hmm. they're kind of given a lot of humanity and a lot of grace in their depiction. Like there's a lot of sort of justification almost, or, you know, just like there's nuance given to the things that happen to them. And I feel like that isn't something that always happens, especially with marginalized um, figures from history that we only kind of think of them as these like figures. And so what I appreciated is that it, it, you know, delved into sort of her her inner life in a way that I found very moving. I mean, obviously, it's extremely hard to watch. It's a depiction of enslavement, which is awful. But also, the realization of what she accomplished as, you know, one of the most prolific conductors of the Underground Railroad is, is like, you know, it's. I think it's one of those things where when you do become so familiar with someone and the things they've done they can almost become less amazing because you're just mm-hmm. sort of like, oh yeah, Harriet Tubman, like, she's, yeah. that's what like, she that's is. Her thing. Yeah. yeah, her name becomes a like a, a symbol for an actually huge, complex, mm-hmm. and like incredible thing that it's like infinity. Yeah. Like, oh, I know, I know what that is, but I think if I really knew, my nose would bleed. Exactly. That's a really good yeah. way to put it, actually. Yeah. Because actually seeing like, okay, she got that number of people out in that short time on her own, mm-hmm. like, as a like five foot, you know, previously enslaved woman, it's it's pretty incredible. So, yeah, it was it was a a, a really beautiful movie. Nice. Uh, it can you? I I haven't seen it. Obviously, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. It looked almost like an action movie at times. Is that true? Um. Yeah. There. I had some mixed feelings about some of the like escape scenes because yeah, mm. it was kind of played for tension but i mean also mm-hmm. that's a moment of like immense stakes and tension yeah so i don't i think it would be wrong to underplay it too that mm-hmm. maybe was a bit of the trailer because i i don't feel like it was too yeah. much of that there wasn't too much running in slow motion no no, no. okay good no. good that's what i was <laughs> that would be Mar- a great disservice to her memory very marvel that's movie what, that's yeah <laughs> that, that's what i felt like things blowing up behind uh, her as she ran away yeah, <laughs> yeah. no uh I watched uh, what I think is my favorite biopic mm. movie, uh, and I, yeah, I don't know if you guys are getting the vibe. I don't know if I like these a lot. I watched a bunch for this, and I'm not, I'm not sure if I. Mm-hmm. Um, you seem quite tired. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, have you guys seen Love and Mercy? Do you know what this is about? No. Um, oh. So it's 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 about Brian Wilson, um, but he's played by Paul Dano and John Cusack between two different times in his life. So Brian Wilson, I can't remember what medical condition he has that is Benjamin Button. makes his life not that. <laughs> but um the no, like the real life issues mm. he faces. <laughs> um but it sort of talks about like so when he's Paul Dano, it's him sort of like making music and him and his family and everyone wrestling with the fact that they don't know how to deal with what's going on in his life. And then in the John Cusack uh, future version of Brian Wilson, it 
depicts the relationship he had with his therapist, which was incredibly harmful and scary. And his therapist basically like held him hostage for money. Like, like it was Whoa. really rough. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the jumping back and forth really, really worked well. Um, because like, you know, it is like two halves of a story that really aren't strong enough to go either way, but together they really make something new and really kind of show like how much of a life Brian Wilson, how much of a struggle Brian Wilson's life can Mm. be, um, which is really, really interesting. And I think this was the one that kind of like made Paul Dano. Okay. For me, I was like, you did good. You did good, Paul. You know, like, I was Great always to Paul. The, yeah, I was always on the fence about him. I don't know. We'll see how he does in Batman. But um What about what? There Will Be Blood? He's so good in that. He was, but he's so like creepy and weird. <laughs> yeah, and... but that's sort of his niche. <laughs> I know, but like coming to that with like, you know, mm. like, oh, do I like this creepy weird guy? And then he's just giving you more than you you know. And uh, you know, he did a good job. I'm not saying he didn't. Uh anyway, but uh it's it's really cool. In the in the way that it sort of jumps back and forth, and the way that the sort of music established in the younger bits comes up later, uh, and the sort of like they did a really good job with like ticks. So um, Brian Wilson had good vibrations in his head for months, mm. and he couldn't he couldn't stop it. So he would just play it on the piano again and again, and um, everyone it drove him crazy. And when things get bad in the future, he starts doing it again. Um, so they did a lot of really cool things that, like, you know, again, it's just narrative time broken up, and uh, it it worked really well. Uh, watching it mm. again for the show, I was like, this is this is good. I like this a lot. You I have no seeds, Paul. But maybe I should yeah. get up in that. Yeah, gotta get some. No, it's on good. It. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a film that I watched at the RPL. Um, it's called Persepolis. Uh, mm. it's a two thousand and seven like animated film uh, and it's based off the graphic novel by Marjane Satrapi and it's like a different sort of biopic but it is basically just her life and her youth um, in like pre and post revolutionary Iran Um, and just like she is a child when things start going awry and her uncle is arrested and fundamentalists start repressing the country and she's like a punk and uh, and so her parents basically ship her off to Vienna because they're like, this is not a great place for you. Mm. Um, and it was just like, it's a really great way to tell a story. And the graphics are so good. It's just black and white. Um, but it's like so visually in- incredible. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but it's, uh, it's a really fun film. I shouldn't yeah, say fun. Yeah, I love it. But it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's- it's the funnest movie. But it is about kind of fun, actually. The, Iran, she, like, the Iranian movie, the Iranian revolution <laughs> you'll ever see. It is a little bit fun because she is just a fun person, but also just mm. like crazy things are happening in her life yeah. uh, and to her and her family. But yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, really good. Um, I also watched um, actually one of the movies I talked about before, Bright Star which is about the romantic poet John Keats, who died very young of tuberculosis. Um, And it's one of those classic artist stories of, you know, wasn't recognized in his day, like died penniless and thinking that his work had been completely a waste. And then now is like one of the most famous poets, English poets. Um, But it basically is focused on his... uh, very shortly before he died, like I think in the like year before he died, he met this this woman, Fanny Braun, who became his muse. And they had this like very passionate and intense love affair. But it um, like he he was penniless. So obviously under the systems that England was under at the time, he couldn't provide for her. So they couldn't get married. And so they just like had this really tragic kind of yearning muse like un unresolved love situation and um Ben Wishaw plays John Keats and mm-hmm. it just is like such a dreamy heartrending like poetic lovely movie it's it's beautiful to look at and like just a lot of like gazing and 
you know, <laughs> <laughs> focusing on people's hands and like, like oh, I yeah. would say the female gaze is very present in that film. Um, yeah, it's a really lovely movie. Um, I, think it's on, a, uh, I think it's ben on Wisha one of the RPL is made services. for a period drama. Oh, cool. his, oh, truly. His face. His face, his chimney sweep sort of body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially one with uh, with consumption, you know, like just looking kind of pallid. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> always coughing into a, a napkin. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that yeah. consumption, that consumption makeup really drives it home. Yeah. Uh, so if you need to cry, check out Bright Star. <laughs> God, um, the amount of probably of these of people uh, artists that died penniless, and then after they died, were like, "Hey, the, your stuff is popping." Very sad. Yeah, and that's what's so going to happen to us. I'm sure. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Got to rediscover spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, y- you guys for the show, I rewatched Hacksaw Ridge. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know that? if you've watched this. No. Uh, um, like I'm totally blanking on his first name right now. Hack. Um, <laughs> that's his name. Yeah. First name. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, so it's the story of Desmond Doss, who was a. Uh, um, what I, I can't remember the word for it. He didn't want to fight, so they sent him in as a medic. Mm. Uh, and then he just like pulled people out. Uh, when they expected to leave everyone to die in Japan. Mm. Uh, the the movie depicts his home life, which is bad and extremely unhealthy, and like, like you know, a father who hates his children i guess i don't know that's also um, in a lot of them i feel yeah that comes <laughs> the up perfect opportunity uh, to be a father yeah uh i guess so uh anyway and then he enlists to go to world war ii and says he doesn't want to use a weapon and gets co- almost court-martialed which is like at that point are you even in bro like what like you know like you're in basic training are you you can't be a pacifist you yet? because yeah it, anyway uh and then so that's like the first half of the movie, and then the second half of the movie is him basically pulling bodies through a battlefield. Like that's it. Like just, like like literally footage. They go yeah. to war, quote unquote war, for like five minutes, ten minutes. That ends, and then he pulls people out. And like it's it's very incredible. There's this like sheer cliff that's hundreds of feet tall, and he lowers them down one by one. The story is amazing. Oh my god! Like it's insane, mm-hmm. and it's really gross. Uh, it's a Mel Gibson film, just FYI. Uh, oh. But um, uh, it's 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 this really really weird thing where it's like the like this is an incredible story. This was an incredible man. All of these things. This is a horrible movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. This is like, 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 it's just like, I just, like, it's not going anywhere. There's no structure. It's just like, it's the things I just told you over two hours. Like, I, like, yeah. like it, anyway, um, it is incredible. And people should learn the story and all of these things. But it's just, uh, yeah, you can watch like American Ninja Warrior if you want to see people pull, <laughs> hauling stuff around for two hours. <laughs> um, that's yeah, uh, I agree, Sean. Yeah, that's what I compare this to. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> they don't tell you that Mel Gibson directs American Ninja Warrior, <laughs> but he does. But he's Butts behind that bucks, as my mom would say. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, is that and- Andrew Garfield? It is Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And the saving I feel like I grace. This. Yeah, the saving grace of the whole movie, and I can't believe well, I guess this he's done pretty good in the past. But Vince Vaughn Vince Vaughn plays his captain who like yells at people, and he does a really great job. Like, I was like, why isn't Vince Vaughn the guy? Because I think <laughs> that would be better than what I'm seeing right now. Not that Andrew did a bad job. Like he's just lazy and likes lasagna. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, hey, Jeremy. Tony, you're mixing up it. your Garfields. <laughs> Don't even um, get him started on normal. <laughs> God, normal, normal, normal. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'd be curious for you guys to watch it, but like, I, I 
don't know if I recommend watching it. Like, no, if you're well, hesitant you know me to and even gore. tell me. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely gory. I would have to but, cover my eyes half the time, probably. You could just, like, uh, fast forward it or, you know. Oh, you fast forwarding the whole dang movie. <laughs> yeah. You might be. You might be. And honestly, I've, I've watched too many war films, and I've watched, yeah. like, five in my life so like, it's like i'm already on board with the war is bad line i got it mm-hmm. i don't need to like relearn that lesson and, and i'll just keep watching every Andrew single one. throwing dudes off a cliff uh lowering to, to... low low lowering them <laughs> to safety yeah right but, sorry bunch of cording bunch of cording dudes to safety oh no it was it was it was world war ii sean they didn't have bungee cords it was a lowering he built a cat over hand <laughs> oh god no <laughs> a bit of a pulley system. Well, it's time to hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. And we're back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We'll be back talking more biopics in a moment, but first we'll play a little game lovingly called The Game. It's game time, people. Oh, wow, wow, wow. For those, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that one has an attitude. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend literally, I think it was 20 seconds this week, because I've got quite a few options to pick from, uh, looking for a title that these two have not seen related to our topic. I tell them what it's about, they tell me what they think it's about, and then I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. Sean and Sonia, are you guys ready to play the game? I'm yeah. very ready. This week's title is I Saw the Light. That title again, I Saw the Light. I Saw the Light. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. I seen it. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Shine, uh, I, I will go first. I believe that this is um, a biopic about a young Tommy Edison. He is sort mm-hmm. of a ne'er-do-well. He is Tom catting around. He's like, he's, he's, uh, you know, his parents are like, what are we going to do with you, Tommy? Uh, and then he just has sort of this, like, a breakthrough in his own mind about how the incandescent light bulb could possibly work. And so mm-hmm. then he's like, he stops his sort of playboy lifestyle and starts really getting into inventing. And everyone's like, that's not you. Like, you're like, you're the guy shotgunning at the party, Tommy. And he's like, no, this is me now. And then he invents the light bulb. And Yeah. So it's about, I saw the light. Okay, wow. That's what I believe. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. He saw the light in his own personal life, and then also physically Mm. saw the light. Yeah. So, yeah. Got it. There you go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank Um, you. Okay, so you know how with, like, movies, there will often be a thing where there end up being, like, kind of competing versions of the same story coming out at the same Mm -hmm. time, or, like, you know, similar things? I -hmm. think I saw the light is about the story of those Chilean miners uh, that got stuck oh. underground. But it, no one ever heard about it because that movie with Antonio Banderas came out. And so uh, no one ever heard about I Saw the Light. And it's about, it's just this story of like, one of the, the dudes who was down there telling his, his tale. Oh. When he okay. was obviously, and then I Saw the Light is in reference to when they were able to come back up and when they he, emerged. The moment he first saw the light and had some profound yeah. realizations about life. Uh, I will say that, that watching that footage of those gentlemen being pulled out of there, that little elevator tunnel is mm. terrifying. Like, have you seen, it's like this big. I would, I would they never watch that. They were so far that. down too. Yeah. Like they would have to sedate me at the bottom to get me out of that. They would absolutely. I would be like, actually just leave me. Yeah, I like like and especially like after days and days of being freaked out and starving. Like anyway, uh, I'm uh, it's well th- those both sounded good. Thank you very much for both of those ideas. Uh, they're both wrong in every way, shape, or form, as per usual. Every um, every I, way. Uh, <laughs> uh, I saw the light is of course a 2015 American biographical drama film directed written by Mark Abram. Uh, depicting the life of Hank Williams. Oh, yes. Okay. I will now. I will now read the entire premise section of Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, the film revolves around country music singer Hank Williams' rise to fame and sudden death at the age of twenty-nine, which I did not know. What? That's I did not surprising. know that Yes, yes. It also explains his rocky marriage and eventual divorce from Audrey Shepard, mostly due to his alcoholism and infidelity. Mm. Um, I'll do it. it 
yeah, interesting things about this movie. It really tanked at the box office. Probably should not be seen by anyone. But it stars Tom Hiddleston and Elizabeth Olsen. So... Okay. Dang. Tank Wilson. Mm, mm, mm. Tank Williams, I mean. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Tank Wilson. Got me. <laughs> uh, um, Sean and Sonny, thank you guys for playing the game. Thank, thank you. you. I'm sorry, I'm trying to wrap my head around Tom Hiddleston doing that, and I'm really yeah, into the same. idea. It, it, it looks pretty good. I think the thing, the revelation from this is knowing that he was only 29. Mm. This is what I find, like, uh, not to keep get a, a go on the side, but the 27 Club, I'm like, mm-hmm. I've had six years on all you guys. <laughs> and what I, what have I done? <laughs> like, the idea of Janis Joplin singing those songs at, like, 23 years old is insane. Sorry about it. Oh, yeah. And she looks like oh, 38 crazy. also. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. No offense, Janis. Janis Byrne. Janis? <laughs> Get her. <laughs> no offense, Why Janet. Why did you call her Janet? <laughs> okay, well, that was. You know what? The, Jop- the Joplin estate will be contacting you soon. Rightfully and... so. Oh, is there a biopic with her? I'm sure there is somewhere. Has to be. I feel like there Just is, but. Simply called Janice? I, I think. I honestly feel, and I don't know, tell me if you guys agree with this, I feel like famous women are way less likely to get a movie made about them. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I mean, the, there are significant, like, it's not, art, like, it is a, a literal statistic that that is true. Mm. Um, I don't know, man, I don't even know. Like, are they trying to, like, write that wrong because really they're running out of stories i think Mm. that's what these 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 formulaic things are Mm -hmm. you know um and we are like uh we're seeing a few i I can think of a few ones that are about women more recently like aretha is coming out soon Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and that looks pretty good but yeah i don't know maybe i don't know do i have a plan to write the Mamas and the Papas uh, musical, jukebox musical, yes, I do. Because for some reason that hasn't <laughs> happened. What's it going to be called? Um, um, probably Midnight Voyage. I don't know. Mm. It is a, it, nice. Because you know how it's always named after a song. But I don't yeah, want yeah. it to be called like California Dreamin' because that's too yeah. obvious. Yeah, no, you can't. That, yeah, that's the made-for-TV one. Yeah, and exactly. I don't want to call one, That's it. the competing one that no one sees. Mm-hmm. Or like, if I was like a jokester, I'd be like ham sandwich, one crazy night, <gasps> or something like that. You but better I not, Sean. I would never. You better do not that. do that to Mama Cass. <laughs> Especially since it is an error. It's an error. It is. Like God, oh. even after death, a fat person can't just live. That <laughs> sounded after so death. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what, guys? I think I give up for this episode. No, but I, I, I do understand. Um, yeah. But what, that's what I mean is Mama Cass also was like 32. Like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's so prolific. Anyway. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, let's get back into it. Um, speaking of, uh, I would say, women biopic singers, I haven't seen this for a while, but I love What's Love Got to Do With It. Mm. Uh, it is the Tina Turner story mm-hmm. starring Angela Bassett, who is crazy incredible in this. Um, yep. Lawrence Fishburne plays Ike. He's also very good, very scary. Um, and it's basically just like Tina's like rise to fame, triumph over Ike, and then just like ascent to fame. Um, and and like Angela Bassett talks. And, like, does all of the dancing. She doesn't do the singing, but I'm sure she would have if she had more time. But she's Mm. just, like, so physical, so incredible. I really love this movie. But it's hard to watch. Yeah, I've never seen it for that reason. Because I'm just, like, I don't know. I'm scared to watch it. Yeah, like, Tina herself also has not watched it. Because she's like, Mm. why would I? I've already done this. Um, Mm -hmm. But she... Really, she supported it a lot and did Angela's hair and makeup to get it exactly right. And she does that's it well. so cool. Yeah, I actually love that. 
Yeah, she's like supportive of it, and then she's like, "Oh, but I'm not going to watch it." No, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> and that makes sense because I can't even imagine like. Also, when you're a figure like that who has, like, gone through something traumatic publicly or that, like, everyone knows about, I can't even imagine how triggering it is because I feel like people make jokes about it still all the time. Oh, so many, like, rap songs have, like, a yeah. joke about, like, eat the cake anime. I was and just thinking that. It's from a very intense scene where uh, an anime is uh, Tina Turner's real name. Yeah. Where Ike, like, forces her to eat cake. It's very disturbing. Yeah, like, I feel like it's the kind of thing that we, especially in, like, I would say, like, the 90s, early 2000s, it was the kind of thing that would just get joked about, like, Ike and Tina Turner, like. Yeah, like, we're fighting, like, Ike and Tina, and it's like, that's not not a funny joke. It's like, we're just trivializing domestic violence. Anyway. (laughs) Sorry, Tina, you're one of the greatest artists of our era, but we'll still make light of your pain. A documentary just came out about her, but I haven't watched it yet. But I would mm, like to. I'd like to as well. What else you guys got? Um, uh, I I feel like I I have to talk about this one. I feel obligated. Uh, I I think I have watched this movie once a month since it came out. Wow, I could what be is, wrong. What are you going to tell us? Uh, uh, it's of course Dolomite is my name. Mm. Uh, oh. and uh, the 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 work of Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, did something to me at a young age that uh, that did have a proud, profound effect on my life. It twisted uh, you. It, it it really did. Um, and uh, I think Dolomite is a really great film because it's a bad biopic. Because it's just a collection of all the stories that you really like to hear. That's mm. all it is. There's no... Like, there's no struggle. He just is out of money, and then he does okay, and then he's out of money, and then he does okay, and, like, there's no villain, there's no nothing, right? Like, it's it's just this this rise. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, again, a really incredible story. Uh, Eddie Murphy, of course, just knocks out of the park, um, as yeah, we all he know. He's um, so good. Yeah. Uh, and it's just so fun. Like, it, like it, it's just, like... It, dare I say the opposite of the Tina Turner uh, biopic because instead of bringing you down, it just brings you up. So maybe they have to be paired together. Maybe that's the, maybe you jump onto Disney plus and you watch the first one and then you jump onto Netflix and you watch the other one. And how he just like um, makes that one, that one comedian. um, I forget the actress's name, but he just is like, you can do what I do. It's really easy. And then he just like builds her up as a comedian and yeah. I, it's like so great. Um, um, and also, Titus Titus Burgess is like mm-hmm. a random like character with like a flat top wig, and he's like <laughs> just kind of running around like, "What are we gonna do now?" <laughs> I love that. Um, I I think I think the best scene is the like it not the sex scene but the making of the sex scene. Mm-hmm. Um, just because. There is this thing where you never see these people vulnerable for real, right? Like you never, and to like, just to see a depiction of this guy who's like, I kind of don't want to do this. It's really awkward and I don't like it. And then him figuring out a way to do it, uh, I think is a really important thing to see because like, I don't know if you guys have seen Dolomite. Did we talk about, did you see that actual, the actual, yeah. Oh no, I didn't see the actual thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, it really is like a performance art piece. Like it, like you gotta watch and take notes to figure out how things go together, and um, it's really confusing. And then once you figure out it's a joke, it's one of the funniest things ever. Like it, like it is so funny, and I, I just love seeing everything about it. <laughs> like, all it might all be fake. I don't know, but I think it's great. Mm. that's the thing is it's like it is kind of what is real about this man because it's a very just sort of mm-hmm. a bit of a legend um, right and like I did honestly think at the beginning they were setting up a bit of conflict when he sort of stole that guy's jokes he like meets this sort of like homeless veteran dude and mm-hmm. the guy's telling him a bunch of jokes and Eddie Murphy's like as Dolomite is like this is hilarious and just like writes them down and uses them and develops his character from him. 
And I thought that this was going to like have like, you know, come through at the end that he was like stealing mm. jokes or anything. But it was like, no, that just was that's just how we got started and no problems. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, it is it is a very low conflict sort of film. Mm-hmm. But it does bring up this like sort of this is now more general about everything. But this idea of like, you know, is in a biopic, do we want to see the real thing or do we want to see the legend of the thing? Mm. Right. Because and I think like in Bohemian Rhapsody, that's a good, you know, because they're like, we're going to show you the real man. And you're like, you didn't do that at all. Right. Like you totally missed that. that. You know, and and I, I think it is this this interesting thing. And that's where I think things like um, Rocket Man do better, mm. because you know, instead of conveying how it really happened, it's like this is how this felt, and I think that's yeah. more interesting. Yeah, it's very clear that it's an artistic uh, interpretation rather than mm-hmm. a literal telling of events. Or like mm-hmm. without presenting the guys that you're going to be like, this yeah. is how it really happened when it's like impossible, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know, there's like, no way yeah, that you this, even... like, uh, queer brown rug dude's experience in the 70s was just so easy breezy. Right. Yeah. And yeah. also, don't take one of our very few bi cons from us. Our bi icons. Did you coin bi-cons? I don't know if you guys remember that. I certainly did not, but. <laughs> very <laughs> psychotic behavior if you did. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you guys remember. Um, just how furious I was after watching that movie about the erasure of his bisexual identity, but. Oh yeah, that's right. I did forget about that. Like literally um, in the movie, Sienna Miller's character is like, you're not bisexual. <laughs> like, okay, thank you. That's, that is sort of what it's like to be a bisexual person in the world. So. But, but also. And like, it's always Sienna Miller it... yelling that at you too. Yeah, it is. The amount of times <laughs> Sienna time. Miller's yelled that at me. God. Um, but it also, like, it always comes up, like, uh, there's, there's a scene with Val Kilmer in the doors, uh, where, um, I think it's Meg Ryan who plays his love interest, and they're, like, talking after a sex scene, and they're, like, like, getting dressed to do something, and I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, like, these, like, these people would never get dressed, like, they would not do any of this at all, like, that's Mm -hmm. not how any, you know, and, like, you know, you think of like David Bowie and, um, you know, any rock star made a movie of like, it's just like, you know, this is this is not how they would like they he wouldn't care about his sexuality. He wouldn't even be like, this is like this isn't a conversation he would have mm. because that's just not the way that they lived. Well, <laughs> I think all. it was I think it was a like point of contention in their life because of his relationship with her that was so tortured. Also, it just right. looked it up, and it wasn't even Sienna Miller. <laughs> Her <laughs> name but it, is Lucy Weirdly, Blanket, she still she... was yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> but, still. But, yeah. All right. Well, does anyone have any last last thoughts about bio, biopics before we slip into something else? Something um, more comfortable? This isn't technically a biopic, but I feel like Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Yeah. Is mm. such a perfect encapsulation of so many of the pitfalls a, and issues. It's with a biopics. mock biopic. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a mockumentary of biopics. Yeah. And it is and truly just so funny. I recently rewatched that scene with the Beatles. <laughs> I'm John <laughs> Lennon of the Beatles. <laughs> like, and it's like that really is the way it is with so many biopics where someone comes in and then they like it's they like have to kind of work in the introduction of who this famous character is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love to rewatch that. Mm, same. Uh, okay, let's get let's move into what you guys been watching this week. Any other things besides biopics? Well, I last night watched um, the <laughs> the broadcast of the Eurovision Song Contest Grand Finals. Um, I think we talked we talked about the Netflix movie Eurovision before. So, mm-hmm. if listeners aren't familiar, it's a an annual song contest hosted by well between all of the countries of Europe and then randomly Israel and Australia, um, where each country puts forth a song, often a extremely ridiculous pop song, 
and then through a very complex system of voting in which there are very complex uh, kind of political strategies where countries vote mm-hmm. for each other. Um, the songs kind of move through a competition and then there's a grand final where there are 26 final songs and they all go head to head and see who wins. Um, congratulations to Italy for, uh, winning with a song that I feel like could have been on the radio 15 years ago (laughs) that I don't think is that great. I would just like to say Ukraine was robbed and it's not our fault that the, that Western Europe doesn't appreciate Slavic culture. Um, that's the thing about Eurovision is I always feel like it's kind of of a certain the songs are of a certain era. Uh huh. The era has. I mean, some of them are some of them are iconic. Like, I mean, ABBA was a a Eurovision band. Like, there Mm -hmm. are there are things that kind of make their way into mainstream culture. So is Celine Dion exactly? Um, it's kind of weird because you don't actually have to be from the country (laughs) to like be the one doing the song for the country. Um, Yeah. But it's just one of the campiest, like, silliest, wildest things, and I love that it exists. Uh, Uh, I just read a fact about ABBA today um, Mm. that (laughs) they, where they were from, the costumes are tax deductible, so they really wanted to make sure that their clothes were not looked as clothes, but were fully very costumey, so that's why they dress insane. Yeah. Because they're like, we want you to know this is a costume. Yeah, anyway, it's a tax deductible costume. Sonia, do they sing the same song every time? Uh, like throughout the competition, yes. Yeah. So, like, okay. if you watch all the way from the beginning to like the grand final, you will hear these songs like twelve thousand times. <laughs> but a lot of them are extremely catchy, like engineered by a Swedish gen- music mm-hmm. genius. So as as they should be. Mm. As, they should as be. I've said before, okay. Husavik from Eurovision the movie is a banger and is still in my head. Exactly. And, and I, so I is think Ya Ya Ding Dong. Ya Ya Ding Dong. When did that, was it, when did Eurovision Song Contest come out? 2020? 2019, I think? Or 2020. 2020. Yeah. That, this, this is, that's probably one of the most underrated films mm. of the, the uh, let's call it the pandemic phase. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the past two we years. We can't say the year two, anymore. That's like our yeah, Marvel literally. phase. Yeah, just like a, this phase. great, this great time in between mm. us. Um, uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff on social media about this. I don't know if you guys have caught wind of it or even care. Um, but on Amazon, Invincible uh, has come out. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's an eight episode thing, uh, like forty minutes each, so it's kind of long. Um, but it's based off the comic Invincible by Robert Kirkman, mm. who is incredibly talented and brought us The Walking Dead. The comic was much better than the show. Um, it, it is an animated show based on a comic, and I will say two things about it. First and foremost, everything based on comics should just be hand-drawn animation. We don't need to cast people anymore. Just get the vo- get the good voices and make it look the way it should, and then we can all be done. Number two, uh, J.K. Simmons plays like the Superman character. Uh, who's also the main character's dad? It's and Sandra O oh plays his mom. Um, it's they do so good, you guys. I, those are two is, of my bet, most favoriteest people. It, uh, it is such an amazing acting performance, and the like. It's all it's all superhero stuff, right? So it's all loaded. It's about a murder. There's all these different things. The audience knows everything the whole time, so it's completely devastating, and um, like. J.K. Simmons is just a treasure in my heart, Truly. and every time it, like every time it comes up, everyone should get excited about that thing and seek it out because he just never disappoints. True. Like ev- it just never happens. And wow. um, he was in Velvet Buzzsaw. <laughs> <I'm> um, <masterpiece. laughs> I have heard Jason Manzukas also plays a voice in Invincible. And I was he like, does. Maybe I yeah. Check it out. A t- there's a ton of people. It's pr- it's it's very good. Um, if if you don't like comic book stuff, you will hate this movie because it just throws it at you constantly. Like there's one episode where they're just having trouble dealing with these aliens. Like that's the whole like that happens a couple times actually. Um, but wow. uh, like they're a handful. That's true. They are a handful, and they live at a different gravity than us so they have different time spaces it doesn't matter anyway um but uh 
Yeah, apparently a few months ago, J.K. Simmons was like really bulking up for a role. And he's pretty method, and people think it might have been for this. So he got <laughs> for this buff cartoon to, to play Superman in a cartoon, maybe. Oh my god! Which okay, is JK. awesome. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. Uh, check Anyone it out. wants yes, to offer good. me a buff role? Like use the encouragement. <laughs> um, I watched this weekend Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, if you guys haven't seen this, you really should. It's ridiculous. I kind of want to. It's like absurdist. It's so silly. It's these two Midwestern ladies who lose their job at Jennifer's Convertibles. And so they decide to go on a trip to like a resort, um, like a Floridian resort, I think. And they get sort of entangled in a bit of a spy caper, but they don't really know that. And it's just, it's it's literally insane but i think it's really fun it starts it's Kristen Kristen Wiig, Wiig. right? oh yeah 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 and i forget the other actress's name she also wrote for bridesmaids and any um, mum mumolo mumolo yeah. and jamie dornan hmm. plays the uh he's like sort of plays it a little serious they're like the spy man that they get entangled with hmm. it's great this looks good it's really funny and yeah. uh, it was nice. playing in theaters, and I wanted to see it in there, but I couldn't. But now it's mm. it was added to Crave, so I got nice. my eyes. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I'm, sorry, I'm trying to end the show, but I forgot where my, my cards were. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just doing a bit, like a newscaster. So did I. Rustle my papers. I'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for letting us use their theme song, Manichino, for our theme song. Thanks to everyone at CJTR and all of you for lending us your ears. The show's broadcast Wednesday at 6, Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on the CJTR, CJTR website, Spotify, and Apple Play. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so give us a follow, and have a great night. Bye! See Bye. ya!